morning and welcome at that time once again the Patriot Radio News Hour rocking and firing from the hole in the ceiling studios. Happy hump day. I know it's only a four-day week. It's Wednesday already. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group on a it's a little chilly. I actually have pants on. Well, jeans. Uh yeah, that doesn't happen here. Uh, in the Valley of the Sun. It's only the second time in the, I guess, fall, winter season. It's been a warm winter uh, that I've had to wear pants. Uh, instead of the customary shorts, uh, was in the, it was in the 30s this morning. Uh, it's supposed to only be in the low 60s. I saw even one, and not, you know, who knows what the weathermen, uh, that one of the days, like Friday, it's only supposed to be in the highs in the 50s. Uh, then we'll warm back up, but it's it's a cold front coming in, and it's spring training. Pitchers and catchers are out there throwing the baseball around, uh, which means in another few weeks uh, we'll start getting all of the spring training visitors, another visiting era, and then after that, after all the spring training ends and all the people finally, the last of them go home, right, and Easter ends and everyone gets out of here. Then the rest of the, I'll, I'll call us the, the year-rounders, the natives, uh, we can get our freeways back, and maybe traffic will get a little bit better. Uh, but anyway, if you're here, welcome. Spend your money here. Better here than somewhere else. Uh, if you want to spend some here, 800-951-0592, the physical delivery of wealth insurance. Gold and silver protecting you against it. Those mounting deficits that were the United States is facing. The website at allamericangold.com. A lot of stuff to go over again today. How did those auctions go yesterday? You know, for those of you that didn't listen yesterday, we had to auction off or sell $179 billion worth of debt in a single day. The largest total ever on record. Matter of fact, this week, It'll be the largest treasury auctions ever on record. So how did they go yesterday? I'll give you the lowdown there. Here's the one thing. I will tell you the, there was good news. We did sell it all. And, of course, yesterday most of it was, the vast majority of it was very short-term stuff. Four-week, I think, what was it, four-week, six-week, and six-month, or right, four-week, three-month, six-month. That was the most of it. So everyone was really, the, the big one was, how did we do with that two-year auction? Uh, today and tomorrow, we get longer-term auctions. So, you, you know, you're going to get the 10-year auction, uh, probably a five- and a seven-year as well. Uh, but we want to figure out how we did yesterday. The good news, we did sell it. <laughs> I mean, that's always a good thing, right? I don't know what, I mean, if you didn't sell I don't know what happens. Bad things. Uh, if you didn't sell it all, we did sell it all, so that was good. Uh, I'll give you all the internals on that. We had news of uh, existing home sales and mortgage applications today. I'm going to bring you all up to speed on all of that stuff. Uh, we had a big down day yesterday. Right now, the Dow was up 120 points. It was down uh, 250 points yesterday, but everyone's waiting for the releasing of the Federal Reserve minutes, and they try to make a great big deal out of it. Uh, and it wasn't even Jerome Powell's minutes, but we'll talk about. Already, we've had two Fed governors talking today, so I'll 
give you uh, the, I guess, where they're sitting. Not that the matter because they can't figure out anything anyway, but uh, I'll bring up the speed on that as well. So we got a lot of things to go over. But one thing caught my eye today in the Arizona Republic, Gold Hill Mine in, in, in Scottsdale. Uh, they they there was uh, for those of you that don't know there's a huge parcel of land uh, that's called Gold Hill Mine. It was uh, it's 117 acres. It is as far as I know it's the largest piece of vacant land in Scottsdale that you can buy. Right, that isn't you know owned by by the state of Arizona or the federal government. It's the largest piece of land out there. And it was the site of a former mine, and there's still some gold to be had there. Uh, the The mine was discovered in 1874 and mined until the 1930s. Uh, someone, a Canadian company, uh, opened a deal and did a drill site in 07, stopped mining there in 09. The property was listed in... What was I think it was 2010 was listed at 43 million dollars. You can now buy it for 2.79 million. <laughs> That's a little bit of a price reduction. So if you want to be a miner, uh, Gold Hill Mine in Scottsdale could be yours. 117 acres for 2.79 million. They say that there could be as much as 60 million dollars in gold left there the problem is in order to get it at least and this is from the the arizona republic the mining reports say that you would have to remove three hundred and seventy five thousand metric tons of gold ore to get it (laughs) i mean that's a lot of dirt that you're gonna have to move i mean uh, just uh you know some quick math. If, if it was there, sixty million and thirteen hundred and thirty dollars gold for forty-five, you know, thousand ounces. Uh, so just under, just over a metric ton, a little over a metric ton. You got to remove three hundred and seventy-five thousand metric tons of dirt to get it. Uh, all could be yours, though, for the low, low price now of two point seven nine million. A little bit better than the original asking price of 43. Patriot Radio News Hour. There's gold in them hills in Scottsdale. We probably got to put more of it in people's houses than they got in that whole mine. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I know I haven't been super on board. Uh, with these wonderful tax cuts that everybody got. Uh, and, and really, what I'm not on board was giving the tax cuts to the businesses that are only going to buy back their own stock. I'm not down with it. You're right, I'm not. They already pay the least amount uh, when it comes to federal income tax as it is. Uh, but here's my bigger problem is where we're now in this rising rate environment. And at the same time, we're just massively adding to the debt, which is going to make the rates go higher. And the reason why I didn't like it is because, I like I've been telling everybody, it makes 
everything costs more. Well, I shouldn't say everything. Anybody that has debt, which is everybody, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, makes it all cost more. And, and it's going to have an impact on, on the economy, and we're starting to see. So we got two reports today. Uh, one was weekly mortgage applications. Now, this is one, and I've been watching them. They've been down, started down in uh, you know in December as rates were starting to rise down two or three percent. Uh, January uh, picked up pace; it was down four to five percent. Last week, uh, volume fell six point six percent. As far as the mortgage rates, a big jump in the. Mortgages are getting a new mortgage now, 4.65%. Uh, so you're up 6,500 basis points over the last, say, three months uh, when it comes to uh, whether you're going to refinance your home or buy a new home. Uh, so down 6% now on, on mortgage applications in the latest week. And then we got existing home sales today. Now, existing home sales, that's 90% of the market, uh, unexpectedly fell. I don't know who was who it was unexpected by. It wasn't by me. Uh, they also went back, and again, another one of those downward revisions to December as well. Uh wasn't a big revision to December, but December was moved a little lower. Uh, and then the National Association of Realtors said existing home sales dropped 3.2% in January. Now, that was from December. If you go back to last January, home sales, existing home sales is down 4.8%. That's big. 5%, that's big. I mean, that's the biggest, you know, when you think about the biggest purchases you're ever going to make, there's none bigger than that. Uh, So down 5% year over year, the biggest drop in almost four years in existing home sales. And they talk about lack of supply. Supply got a little better. It's still uh, not where they'd like it to be. But here was the, here's the biggest problem, and I'll lay it out for you. The existing homes that were closed, these actually closed in January. So these were from contracts that were signed in November and December. right? These are people that still got in at a, on a 30-year at around 4%. Right now we're sitting here in, in the middle of February, we're really kind of the end of February. Then mortgage rate, your mortgage volume has fallen uh, over 6%. So my guess is, and I'm just watching the mortgage application. Mortgage applications are falling. My guess is, you know, logic tells me, okay, home sales are going to keep falling. But here, I did a, I did a little math because I was curious. They said in the report that the average home, existing home, was $240,000. Okay? So I said, huh. I was just, and I was curious. I wonder how much more a monthly payment would be as these rates went up. So at 4%, it was $1,146. At 
five where they sit today. Twelve hundred thirty-eight thousand. That doesn't count, you know, all the extra stuff. This is just the, you know, the the bottom line. Twelve thirty-eight, or an extra ninety-two dollars a month at five percent. The payment goes up to twelve hundred eighty-eight dollars. So the average monthly payment would be another hundred and forty-two dollars a month. At six percent. So if the rates go, uh, the ten-year note. We're following the ten-year note. Ten-year note crosses three percent. You're going to see mortgage rates at five. Ten-year note gets the four percent. You're going to see mortgage rates at six. At six percent. At two forty. Your monthly payment would rise two hundred and ninety-three dollars a month. Or what thirty that's thirty five hundred dollars a year. So this is just one of those things as I as I'm sitting here and I'm watching and I'm listening and 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 everyone's talking about, you know, what the effects of these tax cuts are going to be and all this extra money that people are allegedly going to have and I and I'm I wanna be on board, I do. The problem is is I know what happened. I don't think people are getting an extra $293 a month. I think the 10-year note is going to 4%. And it's not going to be because the, you know, because the Federal Reserve wants them to. So now we're forced. we got to watch everything now. Now we got to watch these bond auctions. How did they go? Right? What happened yesterday? Why did the Dow finish down 250-some-odd points? And the answer was very, very simple. The auctions went just like they've been going, which is they sold it. They sold the debt. The two-year note, the one that I told you yesterday that we needed to watch out for, unfortunately, it jumped to the highest level, the yield, the highest level since 2008. So you got to go back 10 years. It's been 10 years years since the United States had to pay this much interest to sell a two-year note. It hit 2.27, 2.27 on the 10-year note, the last marked uh, since 2008. It was the week, uh, the largest weekly increase. And the two-year note has risen six straight days in a row. The yield on the ten-year note was didn't you know really just hung out. The ten-year note's been hanging out between two eight eight and two nine say let's call it two nine three. And what happens when the Dow falls? big, the 10-year note, there's a flight to safety, it falls a little bit, but right now the 10-year note's sitting right at about 2.9. But what was, what was important was not just that we had to pay more, but who showed up, right? And this is what we've been talking about. Who's been coming to these auctions and, and, and who's been buying the U.S. debt, and where were the foreigners, right? And everybody's kind of wondering, right, are the foreigners there? Are they buying it? And I, I just want to get it 
here. Uh, da, da, da. I got it here somewhere. I know I have it here. Here we go. Sorry about that. You know what? It's live radio. Sometimes it's, I got to be. You know, I was off on Monday, so I'm all messed up. So here, here was the the poor reception that that indicates how the auction really fared. The bid to cover ratios on a on the four week. Okay, so remember we talked about how the auction had four week, three month, six month, and then the two year. The four week, the easiest one to sell. The bid to cover fell from three point two two two. Anything above three is considered decent. Fell to two point seven two. So a pretty big drop in the in the four year auction. The two year auction <laughs> was was worse which is the one that we had worried about the most. Uh, the two-year auction got to 2.256. It's uh, now at 2.27, the highest two-year yield since August of 08. By the way, that was one month before the Lehman bankruptcy. Not that I think that's happening right now. Uh, just interesting that that's where we're at. The auction size was the first of the increased size. Remember, the Treasury said, hey, we're going to start uh, increasing the size. Another indication of how we're struggling here was who ended up being the buyers. Right? So was it the foreigners? Was it, uh, I don't know, the generally done public out there? Or was the people, the what we call the, the indirect bidders. Uh, the indirects took down 36% of the auction. They normally take down somewhere around 50 to 60%. The directs only took down 13.4. They normally, and that's kind of close. They there's right around 15 or 16. Uh, in the six-month auction, the dealers had to take uh, down 40% of the notes. Overall, the auctions were considered mediocre. Uh, and, and ultimately, the biggest factor was lack of foreign participation. So that was yesterday's auction results. Then you kind of move to today's mortgage applications and existing home sales numbers. Those all make perfect sense. Right? Let's see. No, no, you know, people aren't gobbling up all this debt. So the yields go higher. And at the same time, now the debt things that people need to to go into debt to acquire are costing more. Which is now saying, well, you know what? Mm, yeah, I don't think I want to buy it. By the way, first-time home buyers, and this is the, the key sector, down to 29%. 
So we're over, we're heading backwards again. Remember uh, after the crash, first time home buyers was in the mid twenties. We're all, we're getting back down there again. Uh, just looking more and more uh, like a very lopsided uh, housing market. But yeah, first time home buyers took down only twenty nine percent, and at the same time. Existing home sales fell three over three percent from December, down almost five percent year over year. Uh, and again, obviously, supply is constrained. There's no doubt about it. But you know, when the when your monthly mortgage payment jumps a hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars a month, could you imagine? This is just at two forty. <laughs> I mean, a five hundred thousand dollar home. Could be costing you what six or seven hundred extra dollars a month. I don't know. I I worry, right? I, I would imagine that this year is going to be the year where the price increases in the housing market kind of come to an end uh, because the monthly mortgage payment uh, is going to start getting a lot more expensive. I don't know. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. I'm going to tell you what the two Fed governors had to say next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Phyllis Schlafly sounded the warning of what future was in store for our nation if illegal immigration was allowed to continue unhindered. She warned of millions of illegals flooding into the country, border agents being killed by drug cartels, establishment Republicans voting for cheap labor over American jobs, and a particularly nasty gang called MS-13. If you've watched the news lately, you know that all of these terrible things are happening, just as Phyllis predicted they would. In the 2016 presidential election, the American people decided that they wanted to take back control of their southern border. The first step toward taking that control is to build the wall. Liberal excuses about its meager cost cannot deter the American people in their clamoring for a wall on the southern border. They do not want some token temporary increase in border control agents either. They want a real wall that will really stop people from making the illegal crossing. Too many Border Patrol agents and simple American citizens living along the border have lost their lives to merciless criminal drug lords and their lackeys who would sooner kill American citizens than give up a shipment of drugs. This has got to stop, and the wall is the way to make that happen. In the March 2006 Phyllis Schlafly Report, Phyllis specifically warned of the rise of a gang called Mara Salvatrucha, or MS-13. This group that few Americans had heard of in 2006 has become the very face of why Americans want secure borders. They have grown by 10,000 members since the Phyllis Schlafly Report first reported on them in 2006. If the United States is to be a refuge for anyone, American or otherwise, we must build a wall to keep out these dangerous criminals. We should accept no immigrants who have not been thoroughly vetted for ties to gangs like MS-13. As people like Attorney General Jeff Sessions fight every day to deal with the fallout from illegal immigrants, the American people need to let our elected officials know that we want unvetted immigrants kept out in the first place. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two is the toll free number. We had two different Fed governors come out today, so we haven't really heard from them much. Uh, this is before the releasing of the Fed minutes. This was the Fed minutes from the last meeting of Janet Yellen. Uh, so I don't hard to say what the value is there because now Powell's in charge, but. Those are going to come out after uh, after gold, gold closes this afternoon. Neil Kashkari came out first. He was the Minneapolis Federal Reserve president. Remember, he was the head of TARP. He's probably, you know, he's turning into one of my favorites because he speaks very plainly, which, you know, that's what I like. Just, just, let's not sugarcoat it with a bunch of BS. Just tell us. Here's what he said. I don't see signs of an imminent financial crisis building. Okay, well that's that's really good. That's that's good news. Now then again, that's the equivalent of the wolf saying, "Hey, I don't see any signs of these chickens right? having any trouble if you let them out. It'll be fine." Right? Kind of like that. Well, so, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt. Right. What else is he going to say? Of course he's going to say that. He did say that the Federal Reserve is not trying to engineer certain level of stock prices. Okay, So, so at least in his eyes, uh, anyway, I, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that, hey, i got to say it. But uh, as Janet Yellen left, remember her... her <laughs> She was done on a Friday. By Sunday, she was coming out saying how uh, the equity markets were overpriced and how worried she was about it. None of that what she said at the Fed. But at least uh, he was trying to, I don't know if he was trying to calm Wall Street down and in, in saying that, hey, we don't have a certain price in mind, right? Should the Dow be 27000 26000 uh, right now it's twenty five thousand, twenty four, twenty three. He didn't say that. Hey, we're 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 not trying to be concerned with what the market is doing. The last thing that he said was interesting. He said that he hopes inflation is picking up. Really. You hope? Gee, I hope inflation's picking up. You know, and and it got me thinking. Here it is, you know, of these the Fed Minneapolis Federal Reserve, but this is how these people think. Right? He hopes everything costs you more. And then I got to thinking because it, it, it it's been bothering me about how they say there is no inflation. I know that there is. Listen, I'm a, 
I'm a small business owner, right? I, I'm a, one of these tax cut recipients that you hear about, and I told, and as I've told all of you, mine wasn't very big. Mostly because I don't make that much money. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not a millionaire, uh, and I don't get the big breaks. But how does inflation get calculated? Have you ever asked yourself that? Because you would think this should be something very simple. Probably something a third or fourth grader should be able to understand. Right? Here's a, here is an item. Right? A pound of bacon. A pound of chicken. Right? A 16-ounce box of cereal a gallon of milk, right, a dozen eggs, a loaf of bread, right, and all of those you should factor in how big the size is, right? What it cost yesterday, what it cost last week, last month, last year, five years ago, ten years ago, what it cost today, right? The difference in what it cost we we refer to that as inflation. That's really not what it is, but let's because that's how everyone views it. Let's just call it over ten years, right? You'd be like, okay, well, it went up, uh, you know, ten percent a year on that loaf of bread, and you go through every single item, an automobile, right, and, and start tracking all of those things. Uh, a visit to the hospital, uh, college tuition, right? And I'm just, you know, things that you would think that they would be tracking. And if you go back 20 years, so you go back to 1997, which I think is really appropriate because that was kind of the, the last of the fake budget surpluses, hospital services has gone up almost 300%. College textbooks and college tuition is up 200%. Child care is up 125%. Uh, wages, by the way, up 75%. <laughs> so you can see where all of that's going. Uh, housing, food, and beverages right around there. But here's how they get away with telling us there's no inflation. Cars. Did you know, according to the BLS, who, tr who does the inflation calculations uh, for the Federal Reserve, there, there's been no inflation whatsoever in the price of an automobile? I'm not kidding. I'll, I'll break it down for you. So here, according to the BLS, housing costs. They say is up 56% over 20 years. The average cost of a new home in 1997 was $175,000, according to the people who did this research. I think that's a little high, but okay. The average cost of a new home last year, $380,000. Which is 
a 117% increase in the cost of a new home. But according to the government, it's only up 56%. See, uh, the average, oh, and the reason why is they no longer track housing prices. I'll tell you what they do instead, and then I'll get to some of the other things that are incredible and how the federal government and the Federal Reserve get to this mythical 2% unicorn. The dumbing down of America continues. Right? We just had a Federal Reserve guy that I like. Of all the Federal Reserve governors, I like Kashkari probably the most right now because he's at least the most honest, which is... Okay, I don't see it, an imminent crisis yet, but this too-big-to-fail thing, yeah, that was wrong. It's way dangerous out there, right? He's the one that wants the banks to have to double the amount of reserves they keep because that's how dangerous it is, but that's a different show. Came out and said, I hope inflation's rising. And we all know that if you live in the real world... It's a fallacy that inflation's not 2% or let's even say 2%. That's a joke. Then we started watching how they got there. According to the government, housing's only gone up 56%, but yet the actual data says it's gone up double that. How did they get it down? Oh, by the way, uh, Rent, average rent in 1997, $576. Today, it's well over $1,000. So, but the CPI now, they, they got rid of housing. So they didn't like it because, well, let's face it, it makes inflation look bad. So they use a fake uh, a fake calculation. And the, and I'm, I'm, oh, there you go. Here's what, they call it owner equivalent rent. So anybody who has the owner equivalent rent, your housing costs have only gone up 56% in the last 20 years. Everybody else, it's gone up double that. But the next time, you know what, I'll tell you what, when you're getting ready to sign your mortgage payments with your new uh, 4.65 or 5% 30-year mortgage, and you look at that payment, why don't you just tell the people across the table, uh, excuse me, but I'd like my owner equivalent payment instead. See how that goes. Cars. According to the Federal Reserve and the, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics collects the data, okay? There has been zero, I'm not kidding, zero increase in the price of automobiles. This is how stupid we really are. Here's the funny thing. If I can find this, if I can do it, Listen, I'm about the dumbest guy in America, and I can find this information. You're telling me that no moron in the journalistic world can find it? 
that when the Federal Reserve governor comes out on TV and says, I wish inflation was going up, they couldn't hit him in the face with this? I'm sorry, Mr. Kashkari, but can you please explain to me how the price of an automobile has not gone up a single cent in 20 years? Because that's what the CPI data shows. The average cost of a new car in 1997, and again, I don't know, uh, but that seems awfully high to me, $19,000. Okay. 21 years ago, I'll go with that. I think that's high, but okay. The average price of a new car this year, and this one's actually a little low, but we'll use it. $33,560. Not quite 100%, but that's a far, far cry from zero. Of course, they'll tell you, well, you know, the the car said you, know, you, you can heat your butt, right? I mean, that's got to be worth something. I, I don't know why you got... Uh, you can plug in your iPad or something. I mean, I don't know. The average cost of a new car, and you know, you can't go to the new car lot and say, you know what? I want the model that is identical to the 1997, and I want to pay. I, I want. I want to pay that. I mean, for about 19 grand, you can buy one of those golf carts you see driving around town now, right? <laughs> You know, that you risk your life on every day driving around town in. They say it's zero. Household furnishings, furnishings, clothing, all that stuff, same thing. It's all zero. Cell phone service, they say it's down 50%. The new iPhone costs $1,000. But it does so much more. So I just thought that was interesting. It got me going. I, I, I apologize for getting upset. But this is how stupid we are now. And you know what? Everybody just goes along with it. Nobody wants to hold their feet. Oh, come on. You're going to tell me that you base your CPI data, that you sit there and come out and say, we can't get 2% inflation. Matter of fact, you got Fed governors now saying, you know what, two percent's not going to be enough. And we find out that you're saying that automobiles in 20 years haven't increased a single penny. Isn't that wonderful? Housing prices, how don't worry about housing or rent. We're telling you that it's only gone up 50%. I know it's really double that, but, you know, we use this rent equivalent thing. I want to know who pays the rent equivalent. I'd love to know. I would love for for Neil Kashkari or Janet Yellen or Jerome Powell to go to the house where the people pay the rent equivalent. And give me the example. Picture Radio News Hour. We have no idea what's coming. Final segment on a hump day. 
So let's recap. Existing home sales down. Mortgage application down. Uh, Neil Kashkari wishes there was inflation. And we just found out that the BLS, which is the, the I guess for lack of a better term, uh, the information arm of the Federal Reserve when it comes to calculated inflation. We learned that over the last 20 years, the price of a car hasn't gone up a single cent. No, no inflation there. <laughs> Housing prices, even though they, they're up 100 and, what, almost 120%, yeah, oh, how about 50? Yeah, because we got this... Uh, rent equivalent. I asked Arlene during the break. I said to her, what happens when somebody tries to take something simple and make it really complicated? Right? Your BS meter goes up. Right? That's why when you call these other dealers, right, you feel like you gotta take a shower because they're just trying to baffle you with BS. It's the same thing they've done here, and this is what I'm saying. They're lying about it all. They're lying about inflation. They're they're lying about the size of the debt. Remember yesterday we went over the two debt numbers? (laughs) They only want to use the one. "Ah, It's okay that we aren't funding any of our pensions, and, and here's the latest BS. Now they're talking about entitlements. Now you're seeing, and you're hearing Fox and CNBC trying to get you ready for, we got to do something about these entitlements. And Paul Ryan coming out and saying, we got an entitlement issue. We took care of the entitlements in the 80s. You spent it. Right, because they know there's no trust fund. Paul Ryan knows there's no trust fund. (laughs) It's not Paul Ryan's fault. They spent it way before he got there. And, and you're going to see more and more and more of this. Because, listen, you can get away with it for a while. But now it's all coming home to roost because now you need to sell the stuff. You, we need to sell all of this debt. And the foreign countries are coming out and saying, yeah, 2%, nah. Nah, not that interested. 3%, nah. No, no. 4, 5, 6, where is it going to end? That's why you need to take the time and start putting us away some gold and silver. It's time to get serious about making sure your financial well-being is going to be protected. Uh, today we got rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles at 395. Uh, take advantage of that pool. By the way, silver is actually up 20 cents today, 1661. Rolls of Silver Eagles at $395. Gold is unchanged, $1,330. On the gold side, U.S. $10 liberties, 680 today at 800 Listen, if they're going to lie to us, and not just lie by a little bit, right? It's one, zero. New car, 20 years, no price increase. This is how they're calculating the CPI. You don't think all of these foreign countries know this? Of course they do. Why are they lying? And the answer is simple. Because they don't want to have to pay for it. Do you think the 10-year note would be at 2.9% if the inflation rate was really 5 plus? 
Got to get your headgear flushed out. It's getting there. It's going there anyway. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back again tomorrow. I'll try to be calmer.